So Khalil joined the Down to Business podcast today. And man, as cliche as it's about to sound, we really got down to business. So really gave us a lot of insight as to, you know, the risks, the chance, how he bet on himself, how he made a decision to really, you know, move out to Texas and didn't really look back after that, you know, really hit the ground running. But it was a lot. It wasn't easy to really transition. He definitely, you know, had to take the good with the bad, the ugly with the pretty, but how, you know, throughout it all, he still learned from it and is willing to not only, you know, continue that knowledge, but impart it on others as well. How he doesn't, you know, he recognizes that he's adopted a certain skill set or he's adopted just a certain avenue that everybody may want to get into but may not know where to start may think that it requires more than what it really is but really was able to put us on game when it comes to like the rental properties airbnb and simplified it you know for me coming in i really thought that this was a complicated process it was something that you know you had to you had to pretty much pull a lot of strings from a lot of different places but for that he eliminated all worry all fear all doubt and i would definitely be tapping in with him so i encourage you to do the same so without further ado enjoy episode 105 no turning back All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Down to Business podcast here with Tamar Turner. Man, I got to shout out my dog, Dimitri, for this one, man. This this man, Dimitri, never ceases to amaze me, man. He was I, I'm going to take it back to the live event a little bit. So we the Down to Business podcast did our first live event in March. Uh, pretty much, you know, pulled up to the Tax and Tea Lounge. Big shout out to them. Had it popping, whatever, whatever. You know, we sold out the event. Um, a lot of people were trying to get tickets, different things like that, trying to pull up. We did a lot of giveaways with the tickets. A lot of people were generous enough to not be able to make it, but still want to, you know, pay it forward and, and look out for somebody else. But Dimitri, man, he was somebody that caught me by surprise middle of the interview. So I'm, I'm talking to my dog, Brent, and we, we chopping it up, whatever, whatever, whatever. I look up. Dimitri is just standing at the door. I said, mind you, now, before we started the interview, we did a prayer. I knew everybody that was in the room. I knew who was there. I, I was getting a good little scan. I was trying to look at everybody while I was talking. I was really trying to interact with Brenton and all of that. But, man, I just so happened to look up, and I just started smiling. Like, I just said, wow, my dog is really sitting at the door chilling. Like, he really made it happen. Like, gave me a little point and all of that. So, big shout out to Dimitri, man. He pulled up on me that weekend. He told me he was, he was sliding. He was coming. But I didn't know if he was just coming for, like, the night vibe or anything like that. But my dog pulled up, got in the building, got in the door. I don't know how he got in the door because I thought we sold it out. But my man make it happen. My man made it work. But nonetheless... Then let's let's fast forward a little bit now. So the, the gentleman who I'm sitting down with today, Khalil, man, Dimitri was somebody who spoke up my name, spoke up the podcast when we weren't even when I didn't even know. You know him and Khalil were DMing like he said they 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 grew up together. I found that out today as well that you know they they go way 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 back like Cadillacs. So it was just like you know Khalil hit me up and said basically like yo let's get down to business like let's figure it out let's make it happen. Showed me the screenshots and I see Dimitri. Profile on there, one spruce, man. I said, dag, like, you know, he, I, I love people that, you know, I, I spoke about it on my previous episodes that it's important to surround yourself with people who are always going to put your name in the room, who are always going to talk about things, boost you forward, pay it forward and all of that sometimes and you don't even know about it. So the fact that, you know, I'm able to connect with Khalil, able to meet him virtually for the first time and really make this happen, man. All shout out to, to Dimitri, but it also goes to show you, you know, the power of podcasts and the power of networking, everything like that. So Khalil, what's going on, bro? How you feeling? How's everything? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on, man. It's just a good Tuesday here in Dallas, man. But I appreciate the opportunity to kind of spread some some wealth and knowledge and, and well, just sure. know you a little bit more. For sure. That's all we're about here, man. Definitely any way that we can connect, any way that we can drop gems or educate people, whatever, we, we with it. So you said that, you know, you know all about North Carolina. You know all about ECU. I love Dallas. I've probably been in Dallas about five, six times now. Yeah. Big shout out to people out here. Good folks out there. Always show me a good time, man. It's something about Texas that I really love. So 
Uh, for the people out there listening, I know we're going to have some people from your side, my Texas folks. I know we got some people from my side, North Carolina, Florida, Philly, a little bit of everything. Can you, one, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? And then two, can you just tell us what brings you on the podcast today? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I was born in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, stayed there till I was about eight, moved to Greensboro, and that's really where started to become more, you know, who I was going to be in the future. But grew up, man, single mom, never knew my dad, but uh, my mom worked really hard. She had four kids, man. And then well, as I started to get older, I started to realize, like, yo, my athletic abilities are going to really take me to where I wanted to go in life. And that's we're all blessed with different things in different life, and you have to maximize that potential. But I knew one thing that I wanted to do is not have my mom, you know, pay for college because as I was growing, growing up, I'm going, my mom sending me to the mall with 20 bucks and my, my friends have 180 bucks. And I'm like, okay, what's the difference between that? And I knew one thing was the education and one thing was the, the two parent household. So I vowed to try to make, you know, close that gap between me and, you know, my future self. But um, went to Dudley and uh, Greensboro, great experience, man. Won a state championship, was pretty popular in the city, but I, I just enjoy just being around and making good friends that have been lifelong friends uh, forever. But uh, when it's time to go to college, I just wanted to get away. I uh, had an offer from like A&T in Hampton. My mom really wanted me to go to A&T, but chose to go to UNC Pembroke. Um, had a good four-year career there. Had a good time. Played on TV a couple of times. Made so many good friends. Um, and then shortly after, didn't know what to do after college. Like, I'm, I grew up in not the best neighborhood um, and everything. So, like, n- none of – most of our people don't go to college. So, not only do they not go to college, they don't know how to help us transition out of college, Right. So um, started networking the business building. One thing led to another. Uh, flew down to Dallas, uh, got their job, and then um, now now this is year five here. So just been an amazing ride, amazing journey. Just crazy to look back on it, um, but just super blessed, super blessed guy. Um, and I've just been fortunate to be, you know, have the opportunities I've had in Dallas. But what kind of um, to your second question, what kind of brings me on? Just um, I've I've been lucky enough to to make mistakes, but not only make mistakes, but just to learn and grow in business. And I know one thing that everyone wants to do is start a business. So we, we all want to make more income. Inflation's ki- killing us. You know, being an adult is killing us. So really want to uh, come on, share my experience, share my failures, but also, you know, share the things that have made me successful this far in business and just life in general. I hear a lot of, I hear not a, a lot of knowledge in there, bro. A lot of experiences, just a lot of things in life. Like you said, single mom, everything like that like that's that's very interesting takes you back and it even motivated you in a sense to recognize you know just your surroundings just your upbringing just how you know you saw her work very hard firsthand and that didn't take away from anything your love for her and anything like that if anything it really motivated you propelled you to really want to you know make something happen so i i I love every bit of that man i definitely think that that's important but something that you really said that that really just like stuck out to me I've never even heard it worded like this before. You said I've been lucky enough to make mistakes. That's, you know, that's important. That's that's a part of the process, though, that a lot of people, you know, that we don't always take take for that. We don't always just love to have. Nobody wants to make mistakes. Nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to take that L, you know, and everything like that. But like you said, you've been lucky enough to do that. Why do you why do you call that luck? Why is something that, you know, as you've been growing up, your upbringing, everything that you've seen, that you've done, your careers, your moves, school, everything like that? Why do you feel as though making mistakes? That's something that, you know, you lucked up into doing. Why do you word it like that? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is just like where I'm from, like no one gets to see the things that I've, sunk, I've saw so far. Like 
no one gets to go to not no one, but not a lot of people get to go to college for free. Not a lot of people get to move to one of the three biggest cities in the world at the age of 22 and be able to be exposed to seven million people. So many people doing well at such a young age. But I think the biggest thing in that is like the the reason I've been able to make mistakes is because I believed in myself since day one. And half the battle in life and the half that battle of being at the age that we are is most people don't believe in themselves. Like that's half the battle, man. Like whenever it, it but it comes with a, a sense of um, humbleness, humbleness and just like the, the belief to that you're going to do well. Like I've moved to a big city. I've started new jobs. But the one thing that stood tall and stood true is that I believed in myself, like no matter what was going on, I was going to do my best and I was going to succeed. And that's half the battle. So a lot of people already have these ideas. We're so smart. We're indifferent aspects and different facets but no one like really like not a lot of people um believe in themselves and that's really half the battle so i believe in myself so i've been i've been afforded the opportunity to have a good paying job out of college and be able to take chances and 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 what comes into taking chances is making mistakes and learning from those mistakes and being able to pass on that knowledge so the next person that does i'm able to share like hey do this don't do this and just being able to be afforded that ability. But I think there's a lesson in there is that believing in yourself is half of the battle. And when you do, you're able to make those mistakes and kind of pay it for and then learn from them and do better in the future. It's important, man. A lot of a lot of what we do in life, a lot of what, you know, we think about, we we act on, we dream about, we set goals for it. It, it can't, you know, it can't really come to fruition. It can't really happen without that belief, without that faith, man. I'm, I'm a big believer. And, you know, you walk by faith, not by sight. You understand that. Sure. You know, you could look at something, you could look at a path. It can look crazy. It can look like there's no end, no light at the end of the tunnel. You know, how am I about to make this happen? But if you believe, you know, if you have that that mental fortitude, another episode, another person interviewing you, I brought on here. And I can't remember who used that word, but I'm going to have to go back in the podcast. But if you got that mental fortitude, I love that. You know, you can, you can get through a lot of situations. It's a lot of things that, like you said, we we defeat ourselves or we take ourselves out the battle just because we don't have that faith. We don't have that belief. We don't think it will happen. And really big on, you know, energy. I've learned so much from this podcast just about energy, about manifestations, about how, you know, how you speak, how you talk, how you think, how you act, how you, you know, it, it, it can be something as simple as do you leave your room dirty in the morning? Do you make your bed when you wake up? Different things like that. How you start your day, your routine, your MO, everything like that can shape so much so far outside of life that we don't really realize, that we don't really understand. So I think you make a very great point, bro. And I think that, like you said, that belief, that faith is so important. It's half the battle. If anything, it can make or break the battle. You can Absolutely. you can straight up, you know, just psych yourself out. Because it's all here. Mental, man, the mental is, is a powerful thing, man. And if it's not on the right track, if it's, if it's staring you each and every way, man, it can definitely, you know, have some influence over what you do. So, okay, moving to Texas, taking that risk, really making that happen. What are, what what was one of the first things that when you got to Texas, what did you do? Did you need to find a job? Did you already have a job? Did you, did you make friends? Did you go out? What was really that life like? Like you said, taking that risk, going from UNC Pembroke, coming back a little bit, trying to figure out where to go. Shout out to UNCP, by the way. Some yeah. people out there. Oh, sure. yeah, man. But yeah, what was that? What was that risk like? You know, man, because for, for some people like myself moving to a, a, me going to ECU, that was the first time I had really ever been in North Carolina. And I spent four years of my life there. I flew down for orientation by myself, you know, took a risk. Like you said, ECU was my third choice. But going down there, I had the best four years of my life. So for you now, finishing up with UNCP, recognizing that you didn't really want to go back to your neighborhood and where you came from, what was that like just hitting the road and going straight to Dallas? 
Yeah, it, it's, it was a journey, man. And I think people see the product now, but they don't understand like what goes into it. That not, not only goes for me, that goes for everybody else. Like what people don't know is like people see the real estate now and the trips and everything, but people don't see me driving to Atlanta at three in the morning because the flight to Dallas was only a hundred bucks compared to 400 out of Charlotte parking at my guy's house, Ubering there. Uh, when I got to Texas, bro, like, or just even that last semester of college, and even when I got to Texas, I didn't have any money, bro. Like, I remember going to interviews in Dallas, walking up blocks to make the Uber ride cheaper. But, like, that's all a part of the journey. It's all a part of the belief in myself is that I was going to make it work. So once I got that job here, bro, I packed, I told my, my, my people with, like, 10 days to go, and I was like, yo, I got a job in Dallas. Like, I'm going to leave. They're like, you don't have no money. But I have 400 bucks, bro, and I took my little Hyundai Snyder, and I just drove across the country. Um, and I just started new, man. And I had a job and I knew it was going to pay me well, but you know that there's like a three or four week period before you get paid. So I'm over here trying to budget going to McDonald's and, and Chick-fil-A trying to make it work. But, um, when I got here, man, it was just an overwhelming belief that like, when you go to these different parts, you see people in G wagons and different things. You see young people in the, the high rise in downtown and you start to wonder like, why, why are they there so quickly? And then you start to network. And so, when I got down here, it was just an adjustment of being away from home. Like we're, we're popular guys where we're from and at school. So you get down to Dallas and no one knows you. Like, and if you don't know how to socialize and network, you're going to be in the club or the uh, uh, networking event, just sitting in the corner. So it was just part of like the maturation of being a man and growing up and knowing that like I had to talk to people. I had to make friends. I had to let people know, like, here's what I am and here's what I want to do. And also being humble and letting people know, like, I want to learn from you no matter what your age, no matter where you came from, no matter what you look like, like I want to be a sponge and I want to be able to take that, that knowledge and, and do something with it. So it was just a bunch of adjusting from being from home, really networking and seeing what I wanted to go in my career in, in my life. And then just really continue to mature as a man and know that like, there's no, there's no backbone for me. Like it's, it's just me and I got, I got to make it work. So all in all, like, the, the first couple of years was just a, a culmination of all of that. And, you know, just like anything in life, when you take that chance, you know, eventually it all starts to work out. Love that. I can name a lot of humble, humbling, actually, moments in life and my life, just in life in general. But nothing really is more humbling than, like you said, going from the man in your city. It's since popular, kind of easy to get around events parties outside everything like that doing kind of what you want to do moving how you want to move to going somewhere and it's just like you almost another number in a sense they don't really know about you like you said it's, it's a lot of demands out there it's a lot of people you know who is their city and, and quote unquote you know and like you said if it wasn't for you just recognizing that you have to make yourself uncomfortable you have to be the sponge you have to do that who knows where life could have took you who knows how long you would have been able to continue to budget who knows how, how soon you would have turned the sonata back around it took it right back where you came from. Oh, yeah. So it's just, that's important, though. But I, I, something else that really stuck out to me in that is the fact that you learn from anybody. I'm, I'm really big on that. I'm really big on perspectives. For me, age does not dictate wisdom because I, I know plenty of people who are very much older than me, but I, I wouldn't say that, you know, they're, they're just wise beyond their years or anything like that. But I can also flip it and say that I know so many people younger than me, my little brother, for example, or just even when I used to mentor like middle school and high school kids that, that taught me so much. Just about things that like maybe maybe I didn't need to know that in the moment, but you just taught me something. You just made me kind of want to go do some research or dig into something else. But I think, like you said, that maturation, recognizing that, look, you don't have all the answers. But at the end of the day, the same way you don't have all the answers and the same way there's no necessarily right or wrong way to do this. You want to network. You want to put yourself out there. You have to make yourself uncomfortable. You're in, a, you're in an unfamiliar place right now. And how are you going to spend 
your transition into this unfamiliar place? Are you just going to kind of soak on it? Are you going to continue to say, oh, this is, you know, this is different. This is weird. This is kind of hard. I'll get to it eventually. Or are you just going, you know, hit the ground running, head down, get to that light at the end of the tunnel at some point? I love that. So now that you're getting more, now that you've been more kind of working through your transition, because I know you said you've been in Dallas like five year five now. So working up to year five, what were, what were some of the things that you really began to involve yourself in that you found interesting that, that with networking, with meeting with people with, like you said, being that sponge and soaking stuff up, what were some things that really started to stand out to you and you really found a passion in? Yeah. So I think, I think Dallas has 7 million people and people don't know that like there's 7 million people just in Dallas. Um, that doesn't include Houston or Austin, but I think just the bit, like I started to realize like, Real estate's a foundation of wealth, and I wanted to get started in it, but I also know there's extensions of it. So I started to go to real estate conferences and real estate like meetups, and I started to just get involved in real estate. And one thing, another thing that is true, like people people don't tell you this, but it takes you have to have money to make money. Like that's some that's a myth that you got to understand. But if you don't have money, there's ways where you can be you know, a sponge and take up. So like my first deal, there's this guy that like I ran into at a couple of meetups and he needed, he needed a runner. He needed someone to put the, the, the mail in some of these absentee, like these people who own houses that don't know they own houses. He had me go down to the courthouse and get lists of people who inherited things they didn't know. They might inherit a house in Dallas from their grandpa, but they live in Spain or, you know, Florida or whatever. He had me call them up and he gave me that lift um, to get to where I wanted to go and make a little money. And then once I got that money, I was able to do my own thing. So I started to involve myself in real estate and just really different things and just networking. So I had connections all around the thing. So once I did get money, I learned how to like build my credit up. And so just making myself available in all facets of it. But, uh, I, I got a couple real estate deals, um, like, you know, at the age of 22, after like year one, um, started to invest some money in some rental properties, turned into some Airbnbs, but real estate has really been my foundation. And now I'm able to take that real estate money and kind of expand. But I knew real estate was always going to be something I wanted to do. I was telling my friends that since I was like 14 or 15. But once I was presented the opportunity to come to Dallas, there's just so many real estate moguls. There's just so many different types. You just got to really pick a niche and kind of go with it. Understood for sure. So with the, I feel like that's such a popular niche right now, real estate, just people getting involved, whether it be on the Airbnb side, whether it be on the rental property side, whether it be on the fixer upper side, whether it be even trying to buy a house, like that's something I'm looking to do within the coming year or so. So you, but you, you know, you had this interest since you were very young, you said 14, 15, and then went on to close first deal at 22. So that's major, bro. But the fact that, you know, you stayed so steadfast, you stayed so consistent with it. I love that. That's important. But what would you being that, like I said, there is just so much. I feel like real estate is definitely an umbrella term. There are so many just different things that can that it encompasses. You can go so many different ways with it. For you, you knew what you wanted to do. You kind of had an interest. But like you said, you still had to learn. You still had to get yourself in front of the right people, find mentors, different things like that, emulate those people who are successful. For somebody who at 14, 15 years old, they weren't thinking about real estate, but now they see how popular it is. Now they see how lucrative it can be. Where do you recommend them start? What are some of the best, like somebody like myself, I would say that I'm not really a mobile whatsoever when it comes to real estate. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, I know a lot of my friends own Airbnbs. I know I've rented Airbnbs myself, but I don't necessarily know how the real estate works from, from credit and everything like that. So where do you recommend people starting off? What do you feel like are some good beginner steps to take in order to really immerse yourself in the real estate market? Yeah, so I think wholesaling is a very popular one. Um, wholesaling is really just the transaction of 
buying a house that is undervalued, underpriced, getting under contract, you being a middleman and selling it to an investor. So, um, like, you that's that's a very popular one that you can get started off with. But I think there's just so many. Like, you can you can save up three grand and going on going down the Airbnb with your friend. Like, our 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 first Airbnb costs twenty five hundred a piece. So there's just so many niche. But I think the biggest lesson in real estate um, is to pick something. Like. Don't be a jack of all trades. Like at first I wasted my first year because I was a jack of all trades. Like I tried to do so much. And when I realized it, it was one night I went, I got home at four o'clock and I didn't, I fell asleep and didn't wake up till the next morning. And that's when I realized like, yo, I'm trying to do too much. I didn't pick a niche. I tried to do so much. I needed to just pick something. So I picked wholesaling to start off with. And it, it blossomed into like a, a lot of other things. So to answer your question, pick one thing. Like, don't try to be a jack of all trades. Like, if you're gonna learn Airbnb, like, learn Airbnb. If you're gonna learn wholesaling, learn wholesaling. People don't know you. Like Ben Wiggum, he lets people like decorate, like um, set up and style his houses, and they make like two grand like every weekend. But pick a niche. Like, then you start to then you start accessing to certain realtors. Then you can go to dinner with them. Then you can learn like different things, commercial, or whatever. But I would tell you that there's just so many things. I would say some of the most popular ones are uh, wholesaling and Airbnb because those are pretty easy off. Not a lot of low, low cost, low entry type of thing, less risk. Um, if you have a bad Airbnb, you just have a, have it for a year or so. Um, but just pick something. And when you pick it, just stick to it until you master it because that, that's one thing that I struggle with initially. Facts. Definitely never want to stretch yourself too thin with, every, with anything. And that was something that, you know, even when thinking about the podcast, that was something where I just tried to start off small. I said, okay, let me let me do the audio first. People are saying, you know, well, add the video, add the YouTube, you know. I mean, because if I could have it my way, I tell people all the time that this really would have been a podcast that I'm pulling up on. We, we find it a mutual locate, whether we meet in Dallas, we find a mutual spot in Dallas. We meet up, we had an interview, we get face to face. I just love that. But obviously the pandemic had different plans. That wasn't how I was about to rock out. So for me, I couldn't just start stretching myself just so many different places, you know, and not really have anything to fall back on or any backup. I had to set that foundation first. And now that I've set the foundation, now that I'm nearly three years in, okay, now I can hit different websites. Now I can get more visual. I can start to do live events. But if I was trying to do all of this when I was, you know, fresh off or fresh into it, I might have just, you know, neglected some things. Or I might have not have done things to the full quality. Or I might have not have truly exhausted all my resources. Because honestly, I definitely will say the reason why I've been able to kind of get here and, and be so successful and just talk to so many different people is because of so many resources. I've met so many people along the way through word of mouth, through networking, through traveling, through just making myself uncomfortable, putting myself in different places. Even in my, my job now, working with uh, working with WeWork, I, I, we currently, you know, we have three we own three floors in a high-rise building in downtown tampa across those three floors we host anywhere from 60 to 70 different companies some as big as aws amazon web services some as small as your local you know entrepreneur marketing law firm or even wine subscription company or something Mm -hmm. like that but the fact that i've been able to surround myself by these people talk to them pick their brains see what they're doing see what works for them and the fact that they're in totally different niches but you can still learn from that that's important man I, i think that's dope so with I want to kind of dive into what you said. So $2,500 a piece, you and your partner, what was, walk me through that process. What was that like? How did y'all kind of get into that? How, did you know how much you had to raise originally? Was the price kind of set? What did you, why did you even decide to partner with somebody to do this? Because I know a lot of people say that I've heard pros and cons to partnerships. I've heard that you kind of lose some things. It's more liability, but then I've also heard, you know, it's important. It makes things a little bit easier. You can split it. You can have more responsibility. So what was that process really like? One, 
finding who you wanted to go in with, like a business partner in a sense, and then actually securing that deal, making it happen. Yeah, so I'm gonna give a little game. Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna release my Airbnb guy, you know, in a little bit. But I'm gonna give a little bit of game on the podcast day. But to answer your first question, you have to have like an uncanny ability to like know where to slot people purposely in your life. Like I know there's some friends that are just my friends. I know there's some people that are gonna be my future business partners. I know there's some people that I can talk to about certain things. You have to be able to learn as you grow older how to slot people accordingly in your life. And if, and then if they ask you like, hey, why why we can't do business together? We're 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 adults. We're men. Like, be honest and transparent. Like, hey hey buddy, like, I just don't think we would be good business partner because our our visions and our um our think pieces on money are just different. And that, and that's okay. Like, you know, um. So I think that's the first piece is like knowing how to uh, properly slot people accordingly in your life. So I knew there was only a select few that I would ever do business with. And when the opportunity came, it came. And it's just someone that like a you know, push coming to shove, like you had a conversation, like at the end of the day, like if this like fails one month, we're, we're going to be able to financially, you know, take care of the rent and not have it hit our credit, you know, and different things. So someone that is like-minded that saying like, you know, we're going to, we're going to do this together. Either we're going to, we're going to do well, or we're going to, you know, fail together. And, and I think that was the biggest thing. Um, so I hope that answers that first question. The second question is, is I want to be honest with you, and this is going to take into, like, the trend. I got tired of getting on TikTok and, like, people saying they got rich off Airbnb. Like, I got to get a piece of that. Like, you got – like, I got tired of it, bro. Like, I, I honestly genuinely got tired of, like, seeing it. Like, I'm talking about we're all regular people, but I'm talking about just people that were nurses, people that were lawnmowers, you know, people that were in, at work at Amazon. They just quit their job and started Airbnb. So I was like, you know what? Like, let me try this. So this is, like – Towards the middle of the pandemic, I called my buddy. He lives in Salt Lake City and um, catching up with him. And uh, we decided he said he had a buddy that was doing well down there. And I was like, you know what? Like, I got I got a couple grand that I can, you know, do something with. And we went down there, bro. Airbnb is the simplest thing that you will conduct in, in um, like in business. And I'll, I'll take everybody through like a quick step. There's a little bit more to it. But the first thing is you have to have an LLC. Your LLC separates your personal assets from your business assets so if someone you know ruins your your apartment and the complex sues you for x amount of money that you don't have the llc binds it to where they cannot touch your house your car your your whatever you have whatever you own but if you don't have the llc they can touch everything right like that so the llc is important people will try to like shortcut it there's no shortcuts in the business because it could take you doing eight months doing well in airbnb one month it goes bad and you get sued and then now everything you own is gone. So LLC is important. The second thing is, is like you have to have a DUNS number. DUNS number is like your social security, your business. So when we go apply for a credit card, our social security number is something we put in. You need the DUNS number to have um, to have like so the bank recognizes your business. So they can say, hey, Khalil's been in business for a year. He's paid his rent on time. He's able to qualify for 10 grand. So the DUNS number is important. The, the, the last two steps is find an apartment complex, cold calling and seeing, hey, hey, uh, Mr. Vance, does your apartment complex allow Airbnb? Yes. You get it. You sign up. You sign a lease just like we do it's year to year. And then you just furnish and you put it on the website, bro. It's that simple. So that's all it was. And it was about $2,500 a piece. Um, and just depending on your market, you know, depending on your price, you, you can kind of like know how much you're going to uh, make over the year. Like we're we're going to trip. We tripled our initial investment our first year. And then for now, we have an income producing asset forever. So you have an income producing asset of twenty five hundred dollars 
And if you want to do it by yourself and profit all, it's only five grand. And you can really like take that down to four, depending on how you decorate your apartment. But I just gave y'all a little bit of game on how the Airbnb work. It's that simple, bro. But I really got tired of getting on TikTok and seeing people do it. And it, it's really changed my life in a positive way. Not facts though. All these webinars, all these ads, all these quick little Instagram, like in the middle of the story. Hey, like, hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Like, look what I, I, I I'm not going to lie, bro. You look at it like, come on, man. He was just doing that. Now he, he, there's no way it could be that. But like, come on, let me, let me make something happen. But okay, like you said, that was even the four steps you just gave us right there. That's really not bad. And it even makes it, like you said, a little bit smoother if you, if you go into business with somebody who you trust, who you kind of have vetted already. Y'all been in everything like that. Now, the biggest question that I kind of have for you now, and I kind of think I already know just because it kind of has to deal with, I guess, outsourcing things and, and maybe just knowing your market even more so, but you're in Dallas. He's in Salt Lake City. How are y'all business partners in a sense, owning properties? Where do y'all, like, where's the middle ground in a sense? Like, how are y'all picking where y'all want to go, like location-wise? And then with location, if it's not in Dallas or if it's not in Salt Lake City, how are you pretty much taking care of it? Like, what is what is really that process like? Because I've talked to so many people who own Airbnbs. They live in Florida, but their Airbnb is in Cali. Their Airbnb is in Texas or Philly or something like that. So how, how can you really still give people the quality, make everything still happen from the landlord perspective if you're not even in that in that state or in that city per se yeah so i'm gonna give i'm gonna give another another gems i'm gonna drop a lot of gems about real estate on here but um so airbnbs ran off your phone you never have to be where it is as long as you have a cleaning service that's reliable again you re-reviews we talked to them in person we sat down asked a couple questions We've had to go through one or two in a year, but like that's kind of normal in business. Some people like just th their partnership. Like we had this one guy that was really reliable. Him and his partner just didn't get along, and they d diffused the business. But we just it's really ran on our phone. Like just the same way we get on Instagram and Twitter. Like I, we run our business through our phone every you know every month. Like we'll we'll screenshot the calendar and we'll send it to the cleaners. We need a cleaner on the twelfth, the eighteenth, the twenty first, and the twenty seventh. And then, you know, like the guests, they instantly book. It goes instantly, you know, through through the website. Um, the day they book, you send them uh, check-in instructions. The clean, let them know when the cleaners are done. They're, they're free to check in. The cleaners might get there early. They may not. But you um, you do that. And then you just send them a clean uh, check-in instructions. The next day, Airbnb deposits the money in your account. And then they, they do their stay. You send them checkout instructions. Hey, checkout's at 11. Rinse and repeat for the next guest. So it's really that easy. Like we have not touched those properties since we left. Now to answer your question on location, I'm gonna give you guys a gem. And this doesn't go just for Airbnb. This goes for anything. Don't be enamored by the big cities in real estate. Like the big cities are are um, taken over by the people with a lot of money. And a lot of us young people don't have millions of dollars. So these these properties. They've owned these things since 2008 before all these interest rate spikes and all this like property, you know, value going up. So they have so much equity and things in it that they own it. So you're not going to be able to compete with the big dogs until you become a big dog. Be interested in cities like Salt Lake City, like Milwaukee, like uh, um, I dated a girl in Oklahoma and no joke. She lived by the University of Oklahoma. She lived in a very, very basic house. I used to. This was like 2019. She lived in a very basic house in Oklahoma. Basic house. It was split. It was a house that split in two. There was two rooms on one side, two rooms on that side. And they had like a little back patio where they parked their car. Oklahoma, no one, no one from North Carolina is ever probably going to go to Oklahoma unless she passed through it. No one's going to go visit. But people get rich off those small states. Like 
the house with mortgage was $900. Everyone in there was paying $800 apiece because in college, paying $100 is easy peasy. So eight times four is $3,200. There's a lady in Pakistan that owns a house. She is netting $2,300 every month from that simple house in Oklahoma. Not knowing if she owns one, two, three, four of those. Like those cities, like what people don't know is like people never leave Oklahoma. The same way people never leave Greenville, North Carolina, people don't leave Oklahoma. So like people like live in those cities, they have kids in those cities, those kids have kids, and that's that's a property that you're gonna have forever. You're gonna be able to pass down. So when looking at real estate, don't be enamored by these big cities because when people come to Dallas and Houston, they wanna stay in hotels, they wanna stay in uptown and downtown. Like they really not really looking for Airbnb unless they're trying to throw a party. But the way to get rich in real estate is to invest in these cities, these Toledo, Ohio's, these Milwaukee's, these Oklahoma's. So to answer your question, we look into those markets because they're not dominated and we can go in there and dominate and make our imprint on it from day one. And see, I'm glad you said that because I honestly was thinking the opposite a little bit that like these these gem cities, like like kind of what you mean, like would have never thought about places like this. Obviously, you know, like you said, people live there, people visit one-offs, different things like that. But obviously, when I was thinking of Airbnb, even when, I, when you more so think along the hotels, rentals and everything, you want to think in a populated place, in a populated city, but not to mention like everywhere has a crowd. It's just a matter of, you know, what type of crowd you're trying to hit, how long. And another thing too, like a lot of times we don't realize a lot of these houses, a lot of these places, a lot of where we're at, they've had these things way before the pandemic, way before anything went crazy, way before we, we, we waiting for the market to pop and everything like that. So they have so much more invested in it. They can do less and yield more. And for us, it's just like, dang, we getting taxed or why is it so much or this and that where well, you got to understand this person had this house for so-and-so amount of years. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. So at this point, they good. They can make whatever they make charge, whatever they want to charge. But that's important. So now I'm thinking like, okay, I got to hit them cities that ain't nobody really thinking about. But at the same time, people thinking about the right people are thinking about, you know, so mm -hmm. that's cool. And I think even too, it helps with I'm all about the more the merrier with okay. to an extent. So it, it helps that, you know, you have another set of eyes on things. You have another perspective, somebody else who can scan the market, somebody else. Because Salt Lake City, like I've known people who have worked there, who have lived there. I've joked with them and things like that. But that could be a very viable market for Airbnb. It could be a very because I'm not going to lie. But I don't know. I couldn't, I can't name you another city in Utah. We being real, I don't yeah. know another city. So yeah. Yeah. no, no disrespect to my Utah folks. Yeah. Sure. But it, it's just like, when you when you think of places like that, we can go down a lot of the states a lot and you list that one major city or that one major place that you know. Well, why not try to invest in that? Why not try to figure out what's going on there? Why not try to figure out population, demographic, everything like that and, and make money in a sense too, because you do that, but you do, you do that in so many one-off cities Oh well, then you could put all that together and make a major run at a at a at a populated city, and I really make something happen. Okay, so coming into this game, though, what was something that because obviously you you've had this interest, you've had this love, you've had this passion, but what was something that even throughout all the passion, even throughout those eight seven to eight years before you closed that first deal, what was something that really opened your eyes? Something that you may have learned, something that you may have heard, experienced, a lesson, anything that you were just like, wow, you took you really took a step back and you said, wow. I needed that or I didn't know that or, OK, uh, let me get back on track. Let me really make something happen. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, man, is like. As as men, I'm talking to men specifically, um, more so minority men is like. We we have to, like, be OK with being wrong, like we have to be OK with not thinking we know everything. We have to be OK, not thinking that we know how to be in successful relationships or we know how to like 
you know, make so much money. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think the biggest lesson in between this is like being vulnerable. Like as a man, it's hard for us to be vulnerable. It's hard for me to admit that I was wrong before. Right. But like that vulnerability, that, that ability to like be wrong and ask for help. Like it takes a real true, like man and gentleman to do that in all aspects, no matter who it is. Right. I think one of the biggest lessons I ever had was my first job. Um, they uh my boss was a lady and when you're wrong your first instinct is to like come up with an excuse out of your mouth and one day she was like just just like say you're wrong like just be wrong and shut up like i don't like to use that word on the podcast but she so she told me that and like for one for the first time in my life i stopped and was like dang like she right and that was my start of my vulnerability of like in my maturation of truth being a true man is like i don't know everything I'm still learning and you have to go, you have to have that like balance of confidence, but your eagerness to be vulnerable and learn. You know what I mean? Your humbleness, like all around and every aspect of your life. So I think that was my biggest lesson in business or whatever. And when you're humble, when you're a blessing, when you're good to people, like if someone asked me to borrow $10, I didn't give them $10 and say, well, I hope God bless me with 10,000 in 10 days. I gave them $10 because I, in my heart, truly, I wanted to give them them. Those when the blessings start coming tenfold, they start coming consistent and everything. So I think that was the biggest lesson I learned in life and business is just your ability to to do all those things in a culmination, but also be able to bounce back from from the mistakes and also know that there's risk in it and being okay with the risk. You know what I mean? Like you, we all got money. Most of us all have money saved up, but you have to be okay with being able to like take that risk of that money that you work so hard for. It's a fact, man. Discernment is so key. It's just like you, and like you said, as a man, man, that pride will take over. That pride will take over in anything that we do, anything, man. Man, we, we will make a, a competition, a, a debate, anything out of anything that we can just to negate having to admit that, you know, we're wrong or it's a new perspective or we're learning. And I think that, that the sooner we realize that, the sooner we learn that, the sooner we accept that, man, the blessings, like you said, are endless. Sometimes it's, it's more so about, even I, I think about those days, you know, where I didn't have it or I was in grad school struggling or couldn't really figure out where the next meals and things were coming from. But people were very generous to me. And even still, I, I gave what I could to people, whether, because I was in Syracuse, New York. That's mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a pretty big homeless population out there. It's pretty rough out there, you know. So even I'm on my last dollar or my last meal and I'm still blessing people and not blessing people with the hopes of, you know, being blessed back or anything, but just blessing people because, you can always be well worse off. You know, they some yeah. of these people don't know where they're sleeping at night. I know that I can go back to my house and I'll be okay though. Some of these people mm-hmm. don't know where their next meal is coming from. I know that at some form or fashion, whether it's my job or whether it's the school giving away something, I, I can figure something out. I can make something happen. So it's it's really just about that, whether it comes full circle or not, you you always just try to be a blessing unto others in any way that you can. But you also have to recognize, you know your ability, what you can do, the knowledge that you have, what you do possess, but also recognize that you're not the GOAT. Like, you're not the, it's not the end-all, be-all with you. You know, like, you may really be good at what you do. You may really be the man. But I promise you, as somebody who's the man, the man, the man, you know, you can, you're going to meet your match, if not meet somebody that's even higher. So, okay. I hear now, so you're five in Dallas. Properties under your belt. Business partner with you. Y'all rocking it out. Y'all being successful and everything like that. What's the what's the outlook right now? What's the future outlook? What are you thinking about? Do you want to still stay in Dallas? Because like I said, I I want about two to three more years out here. Maybe I actually want to get some property out here 
to show that because I, I feel like Florida is just a place like you know you always just want to come back to or if you retire or vacation oh, yeah. or whatever it'll just be a it'll be a good spot for you and I love Tampa so but I know in two to three years I'm gonna be in Dallas or Houston yeah. or Austin or, yeah. or somewhere out of town. I love Texas yeah. for sure. So yeah. thinking about you know just your journey, your path, the risk that you took, everything that you're still currently doing. What's it look like for you? What are you thinking about? What are you still trying to get involved in? What are you, you know, give us give us a little insight as to, you know, how you're about to end the year and what you're thinking about for 2023 too. Yeah, so I think it's three biggest things. The first one in relocation is like, I don't want to move somewhere by myself again, bro. Like that's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And like, I'm kind of good on it. Um, but I want to raise a family in Dallas. Like Dallas is a very special city. Um, no state taxes helps a lot always. Um, but I think that like, I want to move somewhere for a year or two, whether that's Denver or Phoenix or San Diego, and then build while I'm building a house here, get it out of my system that I didn't just settle and stay in Dallas and then come back here and, and raise a family and, and build a family. So hopefully like that's in the plans, but also like I have no reason to leave here. So like, I don't really know what that looks like. Like I kind of, it, it, I'm going to benefit either way. So in terms of re- relocation, that's kind of how I'm feeling. In terms of business, there's two things. I want to continue to spread knowledge. I help some of my close buddies get Airbnbs. They're doing very well. Um, I just want to spread the knowledge, man, because I think so many of us like have like so much potential. We just haven't unlocked it. But they're more inclined to listen to people that have done it. So I'm, I'm coming out with my guide. Um, I'm coming out with like this capital where if you're scared to invest, park your money with me, and I'll make you a certain percentage back at a you know at a certain you know time limit. Um, so like I'm coming out with that, but I also like I'm waiting on those things until like this world kind of calms down and everything because people are kind of holding tight to their money. Um, so like I'm I'm kind of waiting on that, but those are two things coming. But I think the biggest thing is I silent invest a lot. So like you know like my old boss needed like ten grand for a prop or a project in Oklahoma, and he gave me x x amount of money back in six six to eight months. So I like to silent invest. Like you you gotta make your money work for you you know, work for you. So I think that's the thing that I, I really want to continue doing. But the biggest thing is, is just spreading the knowledge and continuing to expand the business, the Airbnbs and waiting on location. But I think the biggest thing is we're gonna, we got to wait and see what the world is like. We don't know if we're going to shut down again. We don't know if we're going to be okay. We don't know if this is just a hoax. Like we don't really know what's going on. But I think overall, like, um, you know, the people that, that listen to the episode and follow me and kind of keep in contact with me, I really want to spread the knowledge, man, because it's not just real estate, right? There's a guy I know in San Antonio makes 8K off a of cleaning business. There's so many different avenues that you can kind of make money. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop one of these last, like, quotes and gems is the only, the only like, um, outcome to deal with what we're doing and dealing with inflation and the recession, the only thing to do is to make more money. Like, 90% of people in America's problems are related to money when it comes to children, when it comes to marriage. My mama's only problem was she had good kids. She just didn't have no money. You know what I mean? When people talk about bills and different things, be able to go places, it's money related. And like we have to realize as like a young group is like America's ran on money. Like that was the first thing corporate taught me is like it's ran on money. Doesn't mean your life has to be about money. But if you want to be able to enjoy your life enjoy your experience enjoy different things the only choice is to make more money and that doesn't always that's not always provided in your in your day-to-day your nine to five so um i think just continue to spread that knowledge man and continue to just you know just uh help you know my people and my friends and everybody you know get to where they want to go in life and really just be that vessel man 
imparting knowledge is, is, is amazing to me, bro. I love that just because, you know, I've talked to so many different people over the years, over the episodes, everything like that, who they recognize that they have a skill set. They recognize that they have a niche. They recognize that they've involved themselves in something. They have a passion and everything like that. And while nobody, nobody is obligated to do anything in life, you know, nobody owes you anything in the sense, the fact that so many people, yourself included, want to want to still spread that want to still build those bridges want to still be there for people i think that is so important man and I'm, I'm i'm really speaking to everybody who's listening who will listen who's tapping into do not take any of this for granted do not go back and listen to some of these episodes you know there are literally people on here who want to help free of charge he just said that if you you know if you're scared to you know put it out there like that we'll give it to a trusted source gonna come up off his of course you're not doing this for, for fun like it ain't you know this still how he oh, has yeah. to do this thing and everything like that but he can he can then you know put the keys in your life show you what's going on okay well you may be scared well let's take it step by step let's build it brick by brick he's not just going to you know do everything and still not try to teach you because that can be the worst thing sometimes sometimes somebody just saying here let me have it and take matters into my own hands let me do it but the fact that you know these people are saying hey let me take matters into my own hands or come with me learn with me let me give you step-by-step breakdown man i can't ask for anything better than that bro so i, I definitely do appreciate you i'm gonna be tapping in with you so i, I shout oh, out yeah. to uh, dimitri shout out because that was something that me and my man been talking about me and my man we said before we leave florida we definitely said that you know we trying to we trying to make something happen we're trying to whether it just be you know we, we put our heads together we build some more credit get that llc and then you just you just hit the hit the ground running or whether we just you know going on something ourselves figure it out and just always have that to fall back on, rent it out, do whatever. So we'll definitely, I'm definitely be picking your brain, bro, because I got a lot of questions. Um, but I also know that, you know, you, you still got to put the work in. Don't let anything that I said today, don't let anything that Khalil said today, you know, just think that it's all, it's all just smoke and mirrors, man. You, you have to make this happen. He took risks. He, he, you know, there was, there was doubt there at some points, there was hopelessness there at some points, there was frustration there at some points, there was anger there. At, but at the end of the day, he still took that risk. He stayed steadfast. He made it happen. And now look at where he's at. You know, if you would have asked him probably five years ago, if he saw himself here, nah, man, it's, it's a totally different scenario. Like before I even moved to Florida, I didn't see myself doing what I was doing, man. But coming down here on a whim, saving up, buying a car, sleeping on the couch for a little bit, like making it happen, like you said, budgeting, figuring out what I'm going to you know, whoosh, I had to start being responsible. I had to start going grocery shopping. I had to start cooking. Oh, yeah. I had to start, you know, really oh, being yeah. like, oh, it's crazy, oh, man. Yeah. But, you know, all of these risks, all of these different things that we do, man, it's all just steps along the journey. So, bro, before we close things out, before we get into social media, I tell people where they can find you, tap in with you, pick your brain, everything like that. Do you feel like there's anything we haven't touched on today? Any last message that you want to leave for the people who will be tapping in, whether it be real estate related, just life related, anything like that, anything that you feel like, you know, looking back on this interview, you definitely think it could be useful for somebody who taps in. Yeah, I think the the, the thing I want to end everybody with is just, just enjoy your journey. Like, enjoy your life journey. Like, don't be so quick to to look ahead. Just enjoy your present day and just be okay with the improvements you make every day. Like, set a goal and be okay with your progress each and every day to get to that goal. If you didn't do what you need to do today, God willing, you're able to wake up the next day and, and get better each and every day. So, really enjoy your journey because the biggest mistake I make is I was always looking forward to things. I never just enjoyed the day. I never enjoyed the people in my life, the experiences, the little dinners, the, the the talks by the lake. I didn't get to enjoy those things until recently. It's like I started to just enjoy my journey. So don't like compare yourself to anybody. Really like running your race is so like um, cliche, but just re I would say enjoy your journey and enjoy everything and every 
day that comes with it and just really set out a goal and be whatever you want to be because this life you can really be the American dream and be what you want to be, or you can just be a family guy and, and have a good marriage and a good family and good kids. So enjoy your journey. Enjoy what that looks like for you. Um, and just be vulnerable and just, just want to be great. Cause we don't, we only get to do this thing one time. Whew, I'm telling you, man, one time you got, yeah. you really, I sometimes man, I swear, like uh, I just get so used to living in the moment or just enjoying things or just, just love and life that it's just like, damn, sometimes you really got to take a step back and be like, we only got one shot at this, like one shot. Like, you know, you really got to, you just got to love it. You got to take everything how it comes with the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, everything, man. It's all a part of you, of who you are. You know, a lot of us trying to joke and say, you know, we didn't ask to be here. Da da da. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. We did. But at the end of the day, we're here. We're making it happen. We're living. He's put us in position. So let's continue to, you know, moving forward, push it forward, pay it forward, however you can do that. So, bro, like I said, I definitely do appreciate everything that you've imparted just on me, just in this interview alone, just the fact that you even reached out, the fact that y'all were even talking to you still. Because, I mean, Dimitri could have said, yo, reach out to my guy, like, tap in. You could have just said, yeah, I got you. It was what it was. But the fact that you DM me, you sent the screenshot with the DM, y'all, he wasn't playing, he dropped the receipts yeah. on me. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we got to lock something in. We got to make it happen. The fact that, you know, he was just so receptive of everything. We locked in. We made it happen. I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. And I'm definitely excited now to tap in with your journey, follow the journey. And like I said, I'll definitely be asking some questions. I'm going to get annoying, bro. I, I, got, I, got a lot of, I got a lot of curiosity, a lot of things that I want to explore on. So for the people out there who may, you know, share my curiosity and things like that, what's the best places to reach you? Like social media, what's the best way to contact you, uh, reach out and just in, and tap in with you if they want to do that? Yeah, so I'm not really big on Twitter, but my Instagram is real Khalil twelve, so real Khalil K H A L I L twelve. DMing me, DM me uh, any questions, man. I'll have I'll have the link to all the things I talked about the the Vans the Vans uh, Capital Investments and and then me and my partner's website up pretty soon. Um, we just kind of waiting for this thing to kind of uh, smooth everything out. But um, yeah, just hit me up on there, follow me, engage with me. I'm gonna start being having more reels, more content, and everything. But I'm I'm appreciative of the opportunity to, to spread the wealth, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll do a follow one in, in, in a couple months or a year. So, well, for sure, you definitely gonna be in the Where Are They Now series. So we definitely gonna be tapping back in later. Now, more we both might have some properties by the time we yeah, tap in. Yeah, absolutely, bro. That for sure, bro. But not like I said, very appreciative. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you know just coming on here, just just being a blessing to me, being a blessing to my audience, doing what you keep doing, what you're doing, bro. And the next time I'm in Dallas, I'm gonna definitely have to hit you. I'll be there. But soon, 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 it will definitely be before the year is over. So we'll definitely have to make, uh, make it happen, bro. Because like I said, Dallas is, it's a beautiful city, man. I could definitely see why you want to raise a family, make everything happen out there. So to everybody who continues to tap in, to everybody who continues to make this happen, man, I appreciate y'all. be gearing up for the live event, Labor Day weekend. So if you in or around Charlotte, North Carolina, definitely pull up September 3rd, Tax and Tea Lounge. We're going to make it happen. We're going to sell it out again. I'm sure my boy Dimitri going to be in the building. So let's make it happen. Let's get it popping. But to everybody out there, thank you again for tapping and for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Down to Business Podcast. Here with Tamar Turner.